homily for the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, October 30th, 2022. A couple of housekeeping announcements, first of all. This coming week, we have the Holy Day of Obligation, All Saints Day, on Tuesday, November 1st, and All Souls Day, the commemoration of the faithful departed, is Wednesday, November 2nd. This weekend, we are introducing an annual campaign among the parishes in town. This campaign is to benefit the upkeep of Calvary Catholic Cemetery. The purpose for this fund is to provide resources for necessary maintenance and improvement projects. A great many of our parishioners have loved ones laid to rest in either the original Calvary North Cemetery or the new Calvary South between here and Thompson. This is a way for us to help care for the important corporal work of mercy of burying the dead, which will continue long after we are called from this life. We have included donation envelopes in the bulletins. Please consider making a generous contribution to our annual Calvary Cemetery Fund. St. Luke loves to have Jesus surprise us in his gospel. He'll set the scene, reveal the typical reaction of the crowd, and then show Jesus doing something that keeps everyone a bit off balance. With this man Zacchaeus, there's an added element of drama. Christ had received tax collectors warmly on more than one occasion, but at the same time he directed some of his most stinging criticisms at the wealthy. Zacchaeus is both a chief tax collector and a wealthy man. As we hear the story unfold, we're anxious to learn how the Lord will treat him. A majority of the time, a rich tax collector in first century Palestine got that way at the expense of others. In the eyes of his neighbors in Jericho, Zacchaeus was an extortionist and a thief. This passage doesn't explicitly say so, but he very well may have been. In his behavior, Zacchaeus sets some accepted rules of etiquette aside. No self-respecting grown man would run in public or climb a tree, but Zacchaeus does both without hesitation. Encountering the Savior is too important to let standards of decorum get in the way. Upon studying this passage, many saints have seen the sycamore tree as a symbol of Zacchaeus' past life. Now, wait a minute, you might be asking, how can a tree be symbolic of someone's life? Really, it's quite simple. A tree appears strong, but upon further inspection, it is vulnerable. A chainsaw can fell it easily. Strong winds or a severe storm can bring it down. Worms can inflict diseases that will kill it from the inside. Compared to many other parts of the country, North Dakota is a tough place for a tree to grow. We know this. Similarly, Zacchaeus's wealth and possessions formed a pedestal that seemed strong, but was actually ill-gotten and precarious. When Jesus tells him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, it's as though he were saying, quit this silliness of dangerously perching on the insecurities of this world, and plant your feet on God's stable plan for your life. Immediately, Zacchaeus displays two important traits. The first is a sense of justice, which leads to positive acts. He begins to plead his case, 
sensing the heat of the bystanders' disapproval of him. Half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. This last part reminds us of the law of Moses, which was in place at the time. Someone who was convicted of stealing an ox, for example, would be required to give four oxen to the owner, not just one. This punishment was to instill a greater regard for the property of others. The second trait Zacchaeus displays is joy. Some of the people I have known who tried the hardest to be as religious as they can be also have struck me as being joyless. Often severe and morose, they seemed more interested in complaining to me about the world's evils than proclaiming the victory Christ has won for them. In his first encyclical, Pope Francis famously described such folks as sourpusses. Sometimes I'm tempted to ask such people, do you think the good news is really good? Of course, there is the opposite extreme of people so obliviously naive that they're not rooted in the truth of God's word. But I contend that joy is a fundamental piece of the puzzle for Christians. And by joy, I'm not referring to a fake smile. I mean the peace and satisfaction that radiates from us when we have found the love of God that we long for in the depths of our hearts. Our refusal to express joy suggests that nothing has happened that causes us to be joyful. What better can we hope for than for God to be among us? And it truly happens. Jesus intends to visit us wherever we are. Salvation has come to our homes, our classrooms, our workplaces. Even though each of us is as a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth, God cares so much for us and wants to make his home in our lives. Now, as central as Zacchaeus is to this story, I'm just as concerned about whoever in the crowd began to grumble and say, he has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. That sounds very arrogant to me. Is anyone really blameless? Did the people in that crowd have no sins of their own for which to be forgiven? What benefit would it be to any of them if Jesus had withheld his love from Zacchaeus? And what about us? Do we find this attitude thriving in our time? There is abundant evidence of it. A strange set of circumstances has been emerging in America for some time. Certain public sins, mistakes, lapses in judgment, offensive social media posts, receive ferocious condemnation, and cost people their jobs. At the same time, though, all manner of deviant behavior goes unchallenged. I once heard someone put it this way. In America these days, everything is permitted and nothing is forgiven. We want to have it both ways. In a righteous fervor, we want to tar and feather the sinners in our midst and yet we only seem to fuel the elements that poison our society and keep us from being as merciful and righteous as we ought to be. As badly as ever, we need to learn from Jesus' example of forgiveness and accountability. Jesus approached Zacchaeus no differently than he approaches us. 
Jesus gives us a chance to repent of our misguided ways and make a fresh start. Yes, when Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, it understandably came as a shock to those who saw it. But Zacchaeus was as worthy of receiving mercy as anyone, precisely because, like all of us, he needed it. Today, salvation has come to this house, the Lord declares. The biggest villain in the whole city of Jericho became a child of God. Why can't the Lord do the exact same thing for you? Amen.